Welcome to Earn Media Rising, the podcast powered by Cision and brought to you by PR Week. Our exciting partnership with Cision is in its third year now, and this podcast series is a key part of that. And do we have a great podcast for you today. My name is Gideon Fiddles. I'm managing editor of PR Week, and I'll be your host for this episode, which, foc- which focuses on shaping the future of the PR industry. I'm super excited about this, not only because of the topic, but because I have the perfect guest for this topic. Lots of topics, really, but this one in particular. I'm live on location in Chicago at DePaul University. Go Blue Demons. I'm a New Yorker, so for me to say that, that says a lot. That's a big deal. <laughs> uh, um, and actually, I root for St. John's, which is also in the Big East, and this is all going to get edited out, so that was a little <laughs> bit tough for me, but I like Ron so much, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> and speaking of Ron, I am thrilled to welcome Ron Culp, Professional Director, DePaul University Public Relations and Advertising Program. I cannot have asked for a better leader to speak with me on this topic, as I noted before. Much like all of our podcasts, this one will be available online at earnedmediarising.com and also available on iTunes and SoundCloud. But before we get into the conversation, Ron, thank you so much for not only taking the time to sit with me today, but for for allowing me to visit this terrific campus. Thank you so much. It's great to have you here, Gideon, and welcome to Chicago. Thank you very much. This truly is one of my favorite cities. Maybe not from January to March so much, but the rest of the time, it's an awesome city. So I'm really, really happy to be here. And Ron, um, I got some questions for you. Good, so, can't wait. so your resume is as impressive as it is eclectic. <laughs> the New York State Assembly, Eli Lilly and Company, Sears, Ketchum, and it all started as a reporter at the Columbus Republic. Right. And that's just a few. Um, you could all go on LinkedIn if you really want to check it out. But now you head up the comms program at DePaul. Totally different kind of job, but when I imagine all of your past roles play a part in to some extent. Can you speak a bit about your process and strategy in creating a curriculum that will help students enter the PR profession most effectively? Uh, thanks, Gideon. Again, it's great to have you here. I, I think what uh, when you talk about eclectic career, it certainly has been. I've loved every job I've ever uh, worked in, and they all just kind of built to this opportunity. So when I came here, hard to believe, nine years ago. Wow. Um, we we started out, we had a great team of people already in place, uh, academics and, and professionals, that um, did one thing really well. We listened, if you will, to our clients. And when I say clients, I mean agencies, corporations, and, and organizations that hire our students. Mm-hmm. So we had listened to them, and it's pretty easy to do because from where we're sitting right now, there are 110 agencies within 10 blocks. So we can walk to uh, almost every major agency and mid-sized agency uh, in this market very easily, and we do. And we often go there for uh, classes. Mm-hmm. And as a result, we kind of have our, our thumb on the pulse of what's happening in, um, in communications and what the demand is for our students. Well, the great thing about our program is we have six required courses and six electives. So those electives, we're able to drill down. If we hear something during a visit to a major agency that says, hey, what we really wish you did more of, Hmm. we'll add an elective the next quarter on that topic. Interesting. And then we'll tell students, you may want to take this because, you know, this social media listening class or this analytics class might be the additional boost 
that helps you in your career and get started because we just heard that during a visit to Edelman or Golan or somewhere that says, you know, what we could really use is more of this. So we kind of, we, we work on being agile at what are we hearing the market wants and then we're adapting programs that fit, which the students seem to really gravitate to and they, and they get it. You know, two things, two things that come off the top of my head. First of all, the way you listen to the agencies to build your curriculum is exactly the way agencies and in-house departments should listen to their clients and companies to craft their programs. Lo love the symmetry yeah. there. But what's also really interesting, if I may opine, um, I know that um, there are a lot of schools that have become very, very well known for their communications programs. Mm -hmm. Out of respect for where I am, I won't name them. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that DePaul University was one of those until... I would say you came on board. And now based on PR Week awards and other yeah. very, very good metrics, um, DePaul is really, really shooting up the ranks. And the fact that you have 110 agencies with a 10-block radius of here, it's probably going to be problematic for me because when they listen to this, they're probably going to say, Gideon, why didn't you visit us while you were in Chicago? <laughs> so uh, I better get back to New York before this podcast airs. But anyway, uh, but that's interesting. hundred, but uh, that's The proximity you have to the agencies is amazing. I had no idea. Anyway. As a direct follow-up to the question I just asked, you have a ton of great relationships in the industry. Um, well, you obviously tap into those to shape the program. You just talked about that. But maybe you could talk a bit about why established PR pros might think about becoming professors and what the benefits could be for them to do so. Oh, uh, this program has grown to what it is based on the involvement of the professionals in the area, as well as professionals who come in from um, from New York and, and other cities. When we know they're in town, if you're a PR pro, you're probably gonna get a call from one of us saying, mm -hmm. can you come to our class tonight? So uh, we get phenomenal support. Last year, the Prad program alone had more than 400 professionals come and speak in our classes. Wow. And again, proximity is everything. Mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're working in a market as vital as this with as many agencies, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to tap people. And it, what, what probably was the biggest aha moment to us several years ago was if you invite them, they will come. <laughs> And that's kind of my encouragement to any academic institution is to extend invitations to professionals in your area. Uh, a lot of people who we've invited never ever thought of coming and doing a guest lecture. Mm -hmm. Once they get here, it's almost addictive. It happened to me. I thought I'd do this for an adjunct for a, for a semester and then the next thing you know, I'm working here full time <laughs> uh, because there is something really uh, exciting and, and vibrant about being in a classroom setting, working with the future uh, leaders of the profession. So the, our professionals in, the, in this market have been phenomenally supportive of the program. They're in classes. I guarantee if we walk around the hallway tonight, we'll run into several people you know, so I'll protect you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and, and, and every major agency and corporation in town is pretty much has a role to play in this program because uh, we're inviting them and they're generously giving their time. Now what's interesting, several of them, I, I, I did an agency visit last week, two people afterwards uh, said, how do I get involved? More involved. I said, well, you are involved by just being right. our guest lecturer. No, I'm really, I see what's happening. I liked engaging with the students. How do I personally get maybe involved that in a few years, I can become an adjunct or even do something like full-time teach in this in this profession. So I think we've really tapped 
an energy source of, of, of future educators as well as student talent. Now, out of you know, not to be unrespectful of my gracious host here. While that works really well for DePaul, that if you happen to be somewhere else in the country, that there's plenty of great schools out there that you can kind of do the same thing with. Um, admittedly, this is unbelievably well located. It was so easy to get to, but still, um, that's some really, really great advice for um, professionals who have achieved so much in their careers, but being able to, um, you know, going to schools and lecturing and then maybe becoming adjunct professors can really add something to their CVs and really give them a lot too. So that's really, really exciting. And I know the kids obviously really appreciate it. Kind of makes me sad that I can actually call them kids, but that's yeah. another that's another story. I still do. I, I slip into that uh, name constantly, and they they are kind of amused by it. And I'm assuming the next time in Chicago, I'll get an invite to speak to the kids. God knows what about you, but uh, we'll figure that part <laughs> of it out it. later. Um, now, um, sort of nice, interesting segue though is Ron. What have you learned from your students that has made you look at the communications discipline in a way that you might not have before? Wow. Um, I think three things. One, the value of diversity, uh, mm -hmm. because we certainly have it here. About 40% of our students are, are um, students of color, and, and uh, it, it, again, differentiates our program from, from others. Mm -hmm. um, so diversity, I, I think the importance of listening. I probably wasn't the best listener. I thought I was a pretty good listener when I was in corporations and agencies. But you have to really be attentive to listening to what you're hearing from uh, from students and the feedback that you give them and then the third thing would be patience <laughs> uh, I I think in the agency setting and corporate setting I I grew impatient and and wanted action and and um, held people accountable to standards that I want to make sure students understand it but if they haven't been used to it, maybe an undergraduate or in a high school setting and they're coming into a college setting for the first time, you know, I have to take a deep breath occasionally and say, I get it. You know, I didn't know everything either when I was mm -hmm. that age. Uh, so let's let's just uh, uh, what do I need to do to get them to where I want them to be? Interesting. Um, patience is kind of a hard thing for a lot of communications pros to really appreciate in their yeah. incredibly hectic lives these days but it's good it's good that it's good that that's something that you take away from I, this I think I, it's important it, it, I could also add maybe that the other thing that I get from them when you ask about what I, I learned from the students mm -hmm. um, I, I've never seen such a group of, of um, young people who are are just naturally adapt to teamwork uh -oh. uh, a lot of our our classes are are based around either a final assignment or we break out. I usually in every one of my classes have some sort of breakout group, especially if we visit an agency where the agency gives us an assignment, and then I break the students into three and four person groups and and we brainstorm that and then we come back and present mm -hmm. and. You know, when when I used to be teaming in college and other settings, it, it became like, okay, who are you going to pick to be on your team because you want you want all the cool kids and all that. <laughs> right. That doesn't happen here. All of a sudden, you know, they said, well, just assign the teams. Oh wow! Um, and next thing you know, we pick four. They naturally organize a team and that's where the diversity thing comes in too because the diversity of thought they understand it they get it that all of a sudden you know what the heck we're going to create something great and they do we went into Golan 
they gave us an assignment for a retail client of theirs uh, for a back to school idea. And we brainstorm that, that, that concept. And then the students go around, they discuss it. The head of the office back then said, hold it. When we come to an idea that we just heard here, we have to stop and pause and recognize and say, do we, do you realize this is mm -hmm. the idea and we're going to take it? And they, they wanted to run to the client with that idea. We went to a major hotel, um, uh, chain that's based in Chicago. They gave us an assignment on, on how to promote to millennials some of their um, uh, hotel concepts. And next thing we know, the head of communications says, I'm glad our agency is here because I want them to take six of these eight ideas and implement them. Mm. Um, and this happens within 20 minutes of organic idea generation by these students who just those teams had never been formed that way before. Mm -hmm. They got together. And I thought, if I were given that assignment when I was in college, I said, is that something I can work on this week? Mm -hmm. And they did it in 15 and 20 minutes, coming back with real actionable ideas that were creative. And, and it was energizing for both the agency and the, and the corporation in that, in that case. And I am as proud as could be once these kids deliver that kind of uh, feedback to the client. That's great. Both so well for the future of this industry. It, it, sure also, is. it also is really important because um, of the integration and collaboration that is needed between PR and other disciplines as well. So it's really, really good that the kids um, have that sort of sentiment sort of baked into their DNA. That's really going to be helpful to them. Um, Ron, you do a lot of things. You're an author, too. Um, and your books have a definite focus on helping readers master business essentials to boost comms efficacy. How do you see the implementation of business acumen evolving among PR pros as we look to the future of comms in the next few years? And how are you incorporating this into the classes and curriculum at DePaul? Oh, uh, it, it's essential. Uh, again, when we go out and talk to agencies and corporations, what's missing? Uh, it used to be writing. Mm -hmm. Writing is still right up there at the top. But now tied with it in most of our surveys and conversations is they have to have a better understanding of the business basics. Mm -hmm. They have to know why we make money, whether we're an agency or a corporation, and why we have all this criteria to judge are we successful and, and the funding of those functions, both agency work as, as well as the corporate PR functions, are going to be based on are you delivering results? And the only way to do that is if you measure the business results is what, what management wants to see. So we feel it's imperative that students have a fuller understanding than has been in the past. Certainly, I, I started out when Matt Regas asked me to uh, join him on writing the first book on business essentials. I, I said, he, he gave me this idea and said, would you consider doing it? And I said, I'm on board. Mm -hmm. do, you want to, do you want to think about it? No, I want to do it because I did not have that kind of training in college. Mm -hmm. I, I walked into my first job uh, when I went to Eli Lilly, my first corporate job, and a couple of weeks into it, my uh, boss said, oh, by the way, you're going to write the quarterly earnings results. And and so I'm taking notes, and I said, well, who do I talk to? I said, go talk to the financial, the IR people, and the CFO. And I said I had to go. I had to go home that night. And back then we didn't have computers to look it up, and mm -hmm. I had to say what are earnings. I had no clue. Oh wow! So 
I said I wanted to embrace this idea because I had to learn it the hard way. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, I had a phenomenal IR head at Lilly who took me under his wing and taught me everything I needed to know about writing that earnings report. After it went through many drafts, uh, it obviously was successful because then they asked me to do financial communications. So I assumed <laughs> the annual report and the other activities, which I then carried with me into each of my other corporate gigs. So it was, it was game changing to have that kind of experience. It totally uh, altered my career, I think, in a positive way in making me a safer bet for other corporations to hire into, you know, more responsible positions. Mm -hmm. You know, I've known you for years, Ron, but the, the, some of the stuff you're saying today is the first time I've heard it. And what's really inspiring to me is it seems like a lot of what you do at DePaul is based on things that you learned, you had to learn the hard way that you're hoping the kids today who have enough issues to deal with on their own anyway, don't have to learn the hard way. It's a really wonderful place that you're coming from and doing that. So I really commend well, you for you, that. You, that. That's such a cool observation, Gideon. Um, I tell my students when uh, either at the beginning or at the end of the class, depending how it goes, <laughs> I'll say, uh, I only want to teach classes that I wish I took in college. Yep. And so tell me, if, if we're in the middle of a lecture and you think it's boring or it's not registering with you, call a timeout and <laughs> we will adjust wow. and we're going to make it. It has to be totally relevant to what you want and need to learn to get to what you want to do career-wise. You know, I hope someone listens to this podcast, maybe more than a few, maybe more than one person, <laughs> and they say, you know what, I got to go, I got to go check out that DePaul University program. I mean, I don't know if the students are going to listen to it because, we're, you know, we're going for a little bit um, more senior level people, but maybe, so I'm hoping so. It, but It may be a future assignment in one of their classes. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps. Um, I'll have one more question for you. Um, I know you touched on it a little bit too, but I kind of want to bring this full circle. Um, what advice would you offer to any comps professional, particularly those in a leadership position, in terms of what they can do to truly help the next generation of PR pros? And perhaps besides being an adjunct professor, because I think we've covered that part of it. Yeah. If you haven't already been asked, uh, volunteer to come in and do a guest lecture. I think it's a big responsibility to do something, take on like an adjunct role. Okay. But just showing up and showing interest. Or you might be able to say, hey, you want to bring your class to meet with my team? Mm -hmm. You'll take an hour out of your life and you will change lives. When I take students to major corporations and they see and they the students want to see, where am I going to be working? They want to see everything from, am I going to be working in a, an open environment, offices? How does the boss operate? How do you, where are you located in the organization physically? Mm. So often when we'd go to companies and agencies, we'd be ushered right into the conference room, which might be right off the reception area. Right. And then I just simply said, hey, do you mind if we have a little tour? Well, there's no one here. They just want to see the office. <laughs> we walk through many, because most of our classes are at night, we walk through many uh, empty offices. But what's really cool, a lot of these agencies, we walk through offices and we see people working at night. And I stop and I want them to talk about what they're working on. And they'll, the, 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 the agency person will say, here's the project I'm working on. It's a crash project. We're going to announce something tomorrow. And here's the new product introduction. 
they get excited. It was a nice break in their evening I bet. to have you know a group of students come in and be in awe of what they're doing mm -hmm. because they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of a shot of adrenaline to get them engaged. So invite uh, students to come in, mm -hmm. get involved in your your PRSSA. Uh, just let the the uh, chapter advisor know of your interest, and PRSSA will schedule a meeting in your community to bring their students in. They absolutely depend on it uh, to to give these students a broader perspective than might come otherwise out of what used to be the textbook learning that we're trying to get away from. Mm -hmm. You know, Ron, um, I knew asking you to do this was a good idea, but now that we've had this conversation, I'm even more excited that I did this because, honestly, you're one of the most respected people in this industry, and it's really reassuring to know that you are helping so many of the future PR leaders in this industry um, through all of your efforts here at DePaul, so I commend you for that. Well, thanks, Gideon. This, is, this is, as you can tell, a labor of love. I, yeah, I, I, definitely, I definitely can sense that. Um, so again, thank you so much, Ron, for that. That was really, really terrific. And of course, thank you to everyone in our audience for tuning in today. Please continue to visit earnedmediarising.com for podcasts, articles, columns, and more. Until next time, this is Gideon Fiddles. I'm Managing Editor at PR Week, wishing you a great day.